Well, today we're, we're moving into chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I start with a question. When I say the word dangerous person, what pops up into your mind? Scary, okay, yeah, that, that would seem to go together. What else? A dangerous person. A rule breaker, okay. What's that? Life-threatening. For a second, I thought you said my friend. You said life-threatening. Not at all the same. What that? Okay, maybe someone under the influence. That can be very dangerous, yeah. Terrorists. Maybe you think of ISIS. Some of the pictures you see in the news. Maybe somebody with a big weapon. Yeah. Venomous. Venomous. Satan. Okay, there's a lot of things that we can think about. Um, and, and what we'll see today, I've entitled the most dangerous person. And it might surprise some of us as we find who this is. But we begin in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, and the Apostle Paul says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Some Bibles say, perilous times will come. Now, when we think of terrible times in the last days, probably things like earthquakes, floods, famines, these type of things, religious liberties restricted. We think about the, the working of the Antichrist and so forth and so on. We think about those type of terrible things, terrorist attacks. But what the Apostle Paul is describing here is not of the physical nature. He's describing terrible times because of a moral climate, a moral, a fallen moral culture. So we get a big long list, and we're just going to go through this list, and we're going to see some, some applications here today. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, it says, People will be lovers of who? Lovers of themselves. We would call that, in other terms, selfish. The predominant theme for many people in the last days, Paul says, will just be selfishness. You know, in a very simple way, uh, we've seen on our social media a big shift to the focus on the self a lot. That's right. And I'm not saying, you know, we get the cameras, we go like this from all different angles. And, and, and I've taken a number of selfies in my day. I'm not saying it's evil to take a selfie. But we've got to ask ourselves, where is the focus in our life? What's our motivation? And you can see news stories of people, teenagers, young people who actually have died while taking selfies because they're in like a dangerous position on the edge of a bridge. They're taking a selfie, they lose balance, they fall off, and they die. Uh, this stuff has, is happening. Um, but we see it in a much deeper levels than simply in our social media culture. We see this attitude that's prevalent in our society of me first, me first. In some cases, America first. Um, it's kind of revolving around let's meet our own needs first, and if we have anything left over, then we'll try and meet the needs of others. And I'm not making any political statements here. I'm simply saying our culture is primed to focus on ourself. Paul says... That will be the focus in the last days. Lovers of themselves. You know, he said in 2 Corinthians 5.15, 
I'll, I'll read it to you here. He says, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. When we become a Christian, our focus should no longer be, how can I please myself first? How can I satisfy my own self first? It's the question shifts to how can I serve God first? How can I serve others first? If necessary, how can I give up my first class seat to a little girl so it can just make her week, make her month, make her year? What can I do for others? Next, he says they'll be lovers of money. We use a word for that. What is that word? Greedy. Are we seeing that? in today's culture. Our economic crash that we went through in 2008 and so forth was largely built upon a foundation of greed that led to all the, the many jobs lost, uh, this great recession that we experienced. He continues, people will be boastful. Boastful. That's connected to pride, isn't it? saying, I'm the greatest. Look at me. Look at what I can do. Again, we see a lot of that on social media sometimes. It's in subtle ways sometimes, though. It's kind of the humble brag, they call it. A little status update. Just headed to the gym, going to do some working out. Pics of me working out. Had an awesome workout. And, and that's all right. Sometimes we need a little motivation, and, and, and I'm not saying you're evil or bad if you do that, but we got to realize that the some of these things are sneaky. They're sneaky. They're subtle. We don't just think to ourselves, I'm going to tell the world how good I am. Uh, we do it in, in subtler ways sometimes. After that comes proud. You can see how those two things are connected. Arrogant or haughty in some translations. Basically, somebody who's proud, who's arrogant, who's haughty, they just really love themselves too much. We'll see that a lot of these in this list really center around the issue of love. Who are you loving most? If you love yourself most, well, you're going to be a selfish person. You might be a greedy person because you want to preserve yourself. Yeah, you'll be a lonely person. That's true. Very true. He continues, people lovers of money, boastful, proud, and then in my translation, I'm using the NIV today, he says abusive. Other translations say blasphemers. Uh, the Greek word there is actually blasphemos, which in, in this sense means demeaning, defaming, denigrating. It can be towards God, it can be towards other people trying to take other people down, saying and doing things that take God down. And the next one might surprise you. What's the next one in that list? Disobedient to parents. Parents, every time your kids disobey, you can just say, praise God, it's a sign of the end. <laughs> Jesus is returning. And then you can uh, deal with any other issues. Uh, but what really is revealed in disobedience to parents, I think what Paul is getting at here is an attitude and a culture of rebellion, right? Uh, we're, we're seeing today horrible things, kids killing their parents, uh, horrible things going on in our culture. And, and surely these things have been going on from the beginning. 
but boy, it sure seems like it's intensifying. It sure seems like it's increasing. This attitude of, I'm my own person, I can do whatever I want, I can say whatever I want, and it doesn't matter what the consequences are. Um, it's in our culture, it's in the songs today, it's in the media. Do what is best for you first, even if it hurts other people. Paul says, a sign of the last days, terrible times in the last days. Ungrateful, not thankful. There's so much to be thankful for. If you're alive and breathing today, that's something to be thankful for. If you've confessed your sins to Jesus and you know that your record is clean in His eyes, even if you're having a horrible day, praise God, you're still having a good day because your sins are washed away. Unholy. Unholy, that's as being in opposition to God or to what is holy. You know, I used to watch the I Love Lucy show growing up. Anyone ever watched that back in the day? If you recall, Ricky and Lucy slept in separate twin beds. Because it wasn't even appropriate to hint at uh, couples who are married having the same bed. Dick Van Dyke show, right? had separate twin beds. You know the first couple on TV that I've been told that slept in the same bed? Fred and Wilma Flintstone. They shared a bed. Well, I tell you what, even on I Love Lucy, it wasn't appropriate for her to say pregnant. When she, Lucille Ball, was literally pregnant, they, they coincided it with her pregnancy on the show. They couldn't actually say the word, the P word. So they would say that she's expecting and so forth. Uh, boy, times have sure changed, haven't they? <laughs> haven't they changed? Um, it's better, you know, seems like not to even have a TV with all the dangerous stuff. You can have one and you can watch good things, holy things. But we've got to be careful. That's the main point here. In the last days, it would be a time where people were living unholy. That's all verse 2. Let's move on to the next verse. A lot in that one verse. Verse 3, my Bible says, without love. What does your Bible say there? Without natural affection. I was reading an article. I couldn't believe what I was reading. A lady over in Europe is engaged to a robot. Dead serious. You can watch the video. It is so weird. It's a robot that she made herself. It doesn't have legs yet. It can't walk around. She has to carry it around. Uh, but she literally is in love, and she wasn't traumatized as a child. She, she has um, full mental capacities as far as everything appears, but she is in love with a robot. Um, all I can say is, wow. <laughs> yeah, without natural love. Um, I looked this one up. See what my handy-dandy Bible software said on it. It said, lacking good feelings for others, hard-hearted, unfeeling, without regard for one another. Once again, coming back to this selfishness. Um, by the way, her favorite part about this robot um, was his eyes. She loved staring into those eyes. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. But Lord bless her. She was, she, she was the one who picked the eyes, so... Um, anyways, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to put her down. I'm just saying, this is the culture we're living in, right? Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Next one. This one strikes maybe even a little closer to home. It says unforgiving. People would be unforgiving in the last days. Hmm. Is there anything you're holding on to? A little bit of anger that you're kind of cherishing towards someone else in this life. The only person you're hurting is yourself. I once heard it said that bitterness is like creating poison for your enemy and then drinking it yourself. In the last days, people will not be forgiving. Next, it says slanderous. That's saying untrue things, hurtful things about other people. Once again, a very selfish thing to do. And interesting here, the Greek word is diabolos. Those of us that might know a little Spanish, what's Spanish for the devil? Diablo, right? The devil was the great slanderer, is the great slanderer. He's the one in the Old Testament that's called the accuser, or rather that's Revelation, the accuser of the brethren. Anytime we engage in slander, we're doing something just like the devil. Oh, that's a scary thought. Scary thought. Perilous times in the last days. It says, without self-control. Well, we see a lot of that in our world today. Self-control is something that's useful for us. It's useful to help us get up on time and make it to work or school. Self-control is useful to help us stay on our, on our diet, stay on our workout regimen. It's useful for helping us to resist temptation. Uh, so the same self-control we use to not get that extra piece of pie when we know we shouldn't have it, is the same self-control that helps us say no when that old temptation comes creeping around. Self-control is so important in these last days. Brutal is the next word in my Bible. Um, it comes from the word brute. Brute, a beast, an animal, treating someone savagely like an animal. Not lovers of the good. That means you're not interested in what's good for, for people in general. You're just interested in what's good for you. Treacherous. Same word there is used to describe Judas. People betraying one another, just as Jesus, Judas was uh, the one who betrayed Jesus. Rash. In, in the Greek, it literally is, uh, is like, presenting a person who's stumbling forward because they're making these rash decisions. They're just plowing right into something without making wise choices. Headstrong, haughty. Next word is conceited. Once again, that kind of is, is like that pride thing, that arrogant thing, puffed up and so forth. And this last one here, it says, they're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They love the things that please their bodies here and now, regardless of whether or not it pleases God. You know, the thing that's so interesting is the worldly stuff that the devil's trying to sell us that may give us some pleasure now, it results in much less pleasure for us in the long term. It's, it would be fun to spend all of our money that we have saved up right now, but what about the future? Um, 
when we engage in hurtful and harmful behaviors, activities, it may be fun for a little bit, but boy, there are sure some bad consequences. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So we get this big long list and we might think to ourselves, wow, that describes these atheist, agnostic people. It just fits them perfectly. But look out. Look out. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. It's talking about Christians in the last days. People who claim the name of Christ, but then this is what their life is all about. Serving themselves, loving themselves, versus loving others. You could summarize all these things on this big long list by the, the, the two things Jesus said. Love God with all your heart and love others as you would choose to be loved. If you follow those two things, then you won't fall into this big long trap. And while we might want to think about our politicians and put them in this list, we might want to think about a lot of different people we could put into this list. I think we better start by taking an honest look in the mirror. Are there any things on this list that describes my heart and your heart? And as I honestly look at it, I realize that there are a lot of things that sound really familiar to me. The scary part is, it says these people have a form of godliness. It's like this external shell, but on the inside they're dried up because the Holy Spirit isn't there. My, my phone is starting to do some things. It's starting to have some issues. At some point, I'll have to have it replaced. I'll probably get another smartphone. Um, they hardly smell, uh, uh, spell, sell. That was the word. <laughs> Third time. They hardly sell the non-smartphones these days. You can find them. Uh, but when I go into the store, uh, the salesperson will show me the various phones. They'll show me the various features. Do you want to stick with Apple? Do you want to switch to Android-based phones? What kind of phone do you want? How much storage do you want on your phone? How many gigabytes do you want to be able to store? What kind of camera do you want your phone to have? What kind of screen? Do you want the infinity screen? Do you want, what size phone do you want? There are so many choices when it comes to phones. But what if I go in there, I get my phone, I pick it all out, and I say, you know what, I'd like to save a little bit of money, so please don't put a battery in the phone, okay? <laughs> and the salesperson would look at me and they'd think, you are totally crazy. Because you can't have a phone that works unless it has a battery, right? Everybody knows that. Well, you can't have a Christian without the source of power in your life. What if you go to a, a dealership? You're going to buy yourself a new car. You just found gold in your backyard. You have a lot of money. You're going to buy yourself the fanciest car you can think of. So somebody tell me a really awesome car you'd love to own. A what? Jaguar. A Jaguar. Okay, so we got a Jaguar. What color is it going to be? Purple. Purple. All right. And what kind, of, what kind of tires or wheels or rims are you going to have? Okay. Well, let's come back to the engine, okay? What kind of wheels do you want on it? 17 inch. 17 inch, okay. All right. Are they going to be low profile tires or are they going to be the standard? Okay. 
I heard someone say true spokes. I don't know what that means, but we'll go with it. Um, leather interior, maybe? Okay. Sunroof, moonroof, all that. Sure. Change your coat. Red, all right. Some of you can identify a little bit more with that. Um, you know, we're looking at the sound system, we're looking at all the different stuff, and you get down to the end of it, and you say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little short on cash, so just don't put an engine in it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna park it in my front yard. Don't even have to have a driveway. Just gonna park it there, and boy, people will see that thing. And yeah. It would sure be fun to look at, but would it be very useful as a tr mode of transportation? Why? No engine, you can't go anywhere. Paul says, this is a description of people in the last days. They have this big long list of bad things, and you want to know why? Because they have a form of godliness, but there's no power. They might look like a nice, fancy sports car on the outside, but there's no engine. They're not going anywhere. Let's finish this section real quick. We're going to kind of come back to this thought before we close. Verse 6, Paul describes something going on in his day. He describes this type of person, a specific example. Verse 6 they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Probably here talking about false teachers in his day that would find their way into homes however they could. Um, it seems like perhaps in his day, historically, they were finding success getting into homes through the wife. Um, selling their bad theology, loading them down with guilt and with bad theology. It says, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. We can tell there's some sort of deception here going on. Then he gives an example. He says, just as Janes and Jambres opposed Moses. You recall the story about them in the Old Testament, right? I don't. Uh, they're not listed there, but they're probably, at least the tradition says that they were sorcerers. Magicians that opposed Moses in Egypt. Don't know if that was their actual names, but that's uh, been carried down from generation to generation. So they opposed Moses. They opposed the truth. Men of depraved minds, who as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they won't get very far, because in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. In other words, in the end, as was the case for these false uh, magicians, these false prophets, as it were. Uh, in the end, all things will be revealed. And in the end, when Jesus comes back, there will be people who are saying, Lord, Lord, I thought I was going to go with you. But Jesus will have to say some of the saddest words in the whole Bible. He'll have to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. You came to church week by week, but you never really opened up your heart to me. You went to Sabbath school and you learned a lot of knowledge in your head, but you never accepted it in your heart. You went to prayer meeting maybe even, but your prayers were just routine and you didn't accept 
me into your daily life. Scary times in the last days, not so much because of the physical things going on. Yes, there's ISIS. Yes, there's going to be religious persecution and is. Yes, there's all these things. But the big issue, rather, are we surrendered to Jesus day by day? Because if we are, Jesus will take care of us through ups and downs of this chaotic world that we live in. What? will happen to us if we aren't giving our heart to Jesus. I don't want to hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. I want to day by day plug in to the source of power. Really, that's how we overcome any of the things on that list. You ever been to one of those arcade places and it has that game called Whack-A-Mole? Those little, like, squirrel things, mole things that pop up and you have a little plastic hammer and you try and knock them all down. I figured out the game. I know how to beat it. It's easy. You just go around to the back of the machine and you unplug it. (laughs) You can push those things down and they're going to stay down. We got to get to the root of the issue. Many of us were trying to pick sins off of our life, but they just keep popping up. Maybe it's time that we get to the heart of the issue and realize that we need to connect to the power day by day. And and there are other things that we can do too. We we need 12-step groups. We need accountability. We need to pray with one another. But if we're not praying with God on our own, it's going to be really, really hard. We need Him in our life. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to Myself. He's drawing us day by day. The question is, are we resisting or are we accepting? I had a friend that I went to school with in Tennessee. Her name was Caitlin. She was one of the nicest people I have ever met. In fact, one day she came up to me. She said, John, I want to apologize for something. I feel bad about uh, how I hit you, how I pushed you. I thought to myself, what in the world? She never hit me. She never pushed me. And, and I, I said to her, Caitlin, I don't, I don't remember that. And she said, oh, yeah, we were talking. I kind of went like this or something. And Oh, okay. I didn't even think of that as a hit. As a pu- but her heart was so, was so tender and was so sensitive that she wanted to make that right with me. Nicest person, one of the nicest people I have ever met. You know, as you talk with her a little bit, she, she shared one day a little bit more about her story, and she said, you know, if you had known me before, you would not want to be around me because I was a very nasty person. I wasn't a nice person at all. You just wouldn't like to be around me, but praise God for what he has done and is doing in my life. Day by day, as Caitlin was accepting and plugging into the source of power, her heart was being changed. Caitlin passed away a couple years ago of leukemia. Such a young life, so tragic. Um, But I believe I'll see her again someday, because day by day, she was saying yes to the power, yes to the engine being installed in her heart, yes to the battery in her iPhone of her life, She wanted the power of Jesus in her heart. The question I have for us today is, do you? 
Do you want that? Perilous times are here and they are ahead, but they don't have to be so bad if we're connected to our friend Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Probably all of us, if we're honest, recognize things on that list in our own heart. But the good news is you didn't come to condemn us. You came to save us and set us free. So, Lord, I pray that today and every day this week, each day of our lives, we'll, in practical ways, we will say yes to your power. When we have that reminder on our heart to, to read our Bible, to spend time in prayer, that we won't brush it off being too busy, but we'll say, yes, I will spend that time. Yes, I will talk to you. Yes, I will surrender. We're looking forward to that day when we we'll get to see our loved ones again. We're looking forward to seeing you someday soon, Lord Jesus. So use us for you. May we be agents of grace and love and change in our world. And may we have joy as we spend time with you day by day. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, Amen. Amen.